0: you've attended council hearings in person you've tuned in to our televised proceedings on channel 13 now you have the chance to listen to us on the radio as we demystify the work of the people who do it this is not a council hearing this is hearing the council with your host josh gibson
1: thank you deep voice person with a funky backbeat indeed this is not a council hearing this is hearing the council You can't have a government without a council, so you can't have a government radio station without a council show. This is it. We're coming to you from the headquarters of the Office of Cable TV, Film, Music, and Entertainment, which is also the historic headquarters of Black Entertainment Television. So it's an honor to be here. Dearly beloved, we're gathered here today to celebrate this thing called the council. I'm Josh Gibson, Director of Communications for the Council. You may also know me as the Council's voice on social media, at Council of DC. If you don't follow us already, get with the program. Here at the Council, our communications goal is to engage with residents in an informative, conversational, and sometimes even enjoyable way. You know if you follow us on Twitter, we're believers in the Mary Poppins School of Communications. A spoonful of sugar helps the medicine go down. We want to make it easy for average residents to understand what the council does. We're demystifying our work and the people who do it. Remember, the D.C. Council is just like your workplace, except with the dais. On the show, we'll try to keep things light, offbeat, informal, and interesting. You'll learn about policy, learn about people, learn about history, and learn about the institution. Now, without any further ado, let us welcome Award 7 Councilmember Vince Gray.
0: Thank you, Josh. I'm delighted to be here. Thank uh, you We were so here once before, and it's wonderful to be back. Yeah.
1: No, we had a great time we chatting We did indeed, man. We did and, indeed. And uh, I
0: appreciate it very much. Yeah. You're You've easy to talk to. You've done a great to. job of helping to shape this thing, and I'm very proud of the way this thing has uh, has moved forward. That's very kind. Very kind. Appreciate it. Uh, so, uh,
1: the first uh, to our, our frequent listeners. Uh, uh, we recently wrapped up our first round of interviews with council members. They're available on Sound, SoundCloud and iTunes. Those focus mainly on getting to know the council members, their backgrounds, and biographies. Now, in our second round, we're going to focus more on life at the council their experiences, learning curves, surprises, ins and outs, ups and downs. And uh, quick disclaimer unlike the first round, the second round, we shared the questions in advance so the council members could prep if they wanted to. And uh, council members can pass on a question if they want to. So uh, basically, we're just going to do, a, I know you're a, a baseball player, so we're going to do just, you know, slow pitch down the middle. <laughs> Talk to me about what you consider your one of your greatest successes on the council.
0: Well, you know, I'd have to look back, because uh, this is, of course, another stint uh, for me on the council. Right. I started as the Ward 7 council member, then I became the council chair and now uh, after being mayor of the district of columbia i'm back as the ward 7 uh, council member so um i'll p- try to put it all in context sure. um, uh, if i possibly can um one of the one of the greatest successes to me is really around early childhood education i did that as council chair uh, started thinking about it my first stint as a ward 7 council member and now again as a ward 7 council member we now have, uh, which we all should be mighty proud, proud of, and that is to have, have a universal pre-kindergarten program uh, in the District of Columbia. No other jurisdiction in America uh, can claim that, and we should be very proud. Every one of our three- and four-year-olds uh, is able to go to school all day, uh, every day, and I know we have a lot of parents who are delighted uh, to be able to say that. Now we just got a bill passed uh, in June which is the next step down, uh, maybe the, the biggest step uh, in, in closing the gap, and that is the, birth to, the universal birth to three bill. Um, that's going to make, uh, ultimately, it's going to make uh, universal services, developmental and educational services available to every child from the time that child is born up through age three, which will then connect with our pre-kindergarten uh, program. Um, it's a program that's going to be uh, expensive, but so is not doing it uh, as well. It's going to cost us tens of millions of dollars ultimately uh, to be able to get this done, but we should be very proud that we can say to every parents, you know, every set of parents coming into the city, living in the city, moving to the city, that they will have a, a good place, developmental, educational um, setting for their uh, very young child uh, to be able to be served. Um, with the, uh, the birth of three bill, we're going to have a visitation that will go to homes to help parents uh, with their kids' uh, development. We'll have lactation, which, of course, is a fancy term for birth, uh, you know, breastfeeding uh, of children. Right. Uh, we're going to have that. And what we're also going to do, Josh, in the course of this, is to try to make um, uh, child care much more affordable when you look at uh child care at this stage um it, the average cost per year is about $23,000 per child per family which is a lot of money when you think of all the other expenses that a family uh has so this is going to make it much more affordable and the other thing that it will do is um also allow us to be able to better pay the people who do this work um this is some of the most important work that we ever will do um you know as we look at uh, child care in the District of Columbia, yet it's some of the worst paid work uh, in the entire city. The average wage for people who do this work is $29,000 a year, which if you break it down, that's about $13 or $14 an hour, which is a very, very meager sum to pay people to help raise you know, our children. So we're gonna be able to improve outcomes uh, in terms of pay uh, for folks uh, who do this work. And we're also going to infuse resources into the University of the District of Columbia and maybe others to help train people for degrees uh, in early childhood education. So I am very excited about this, uh, very thrilled that we're able to do this for our children and especially our families.
1: Yeah, I mean, I uh, I have an almost nine-year-old and I sort of experienced this as a parent from having a child, okay, the child has to go to daycare. Now, Realizing till the last minute, you have to put them on a waiting list early on. Right. Then what is it going to say? Come again? How much that's going to cost me? You know, it's (laughs) It's like a a second mortgage payment out of nowhere. But because of the legislation in place, after a couple years when pre K three kicked in, all of a sudden the price tag dropped. We still had to pay for aftercare and you know not stuff outside the base Mm -hmm. program. But yeah, that made a huge difference. I mean, knock on wood, really I'm, I'm someone who, who has a little financial room, but yeah, getting mm-hmm. going from paying four figures to three figures for pre-K three and four year was a huge deal.
0: It is huge, uh, Josh. You know, one of the things as we were working to pass the birth to three uh, bill that was exciting to me was I heard members say, members said on the, you know, during the debate that one member in particular who has very young children said that Um, The cost of his child care, his and his wife's child care, actually exceeded his mortgage on a monthly basis. That's a lot of money, man. And what we ought to be doing is to try to make it easier for people to live in our great city. And one of the ways we can do that is to make sure that they can comfortably go to work every day, knowing that their child is well cared for and they won't have the bank broken uh, in the process of uh, paying for the care for their child. Sure. children, yeah.
1: Uh, it's been interesting watching the media coverage of the birth to 3 because mm-hmm. it passed with, without controversy it did but the media didn't really come to it and then all of a sudden someone it was like oh, wait what yeah. like like <laughs> what what happened yeah. you know and it was awesome to see it get the attention i think it deserved and then since then you know a couple other media organizations have kind of climbed on the first coverage and, yep. and now I think it's getting talked about.
0: It's getting talked about a lot. In fact, I've uh, had, had uh, interviews recently about it. I had a television interview about it very recently and then we had um, a uh, another radio uh, outlet as well as um, you know, uh, a print uh, outlet that did an article as well. So. And we need to work, we need to institutionalize into our work how we make sure we get the word out properly uh, to people that these opportunities are available to them. You know, and again, I don't have any hesitation in saying it's going to be very expensive. Uh, When we did the pre-kindergarten work, uh, we gave ourselves five years uh, to be able to get it fully funded, and we were able to successfully get it done uh, in three. Um, This we're talking about multiple years also to get the tens of millions of dollars generated to be able to do this, but I'm, I'm absolutely sure we'll do it. But we've got to get people to understand you know, the opportunity they have available to them and what they need to do to support um, putting resources into it. Our city has done very, very well financially. Uh, I'm very proud of it. Uh, when I came into office as mayor, uh, we were at the threshold of, not bankruptcy, but we really had no discretionary dollars. We had $300 million in a reserve fund that the Congress had imposed upon us a number of years ago and then another $300 million in a bond escrow fund. But beyond that money being in the bank, we had no discretion uh, at all. And we built uh, that back up over four years up to $1.7, $1.8 billion. So we're generating the resources now. Now we just need to make sure we put it into what the city's priorities ought to be. And I'd love to have the discussion with somebody who wants to make the argument that we shouldn't be investing in our children and our families. We know uh, from the pre-K experience that there are families who have moved to the District of Columbia uh, because of the opportunity that's available. And I know of, of, of situations in which um, a family did not move to another jurisdiction because they didn't want to give up the opportunity to have their um, very young child, young children being provided with pre-kindergarten services. We can do the same thing with the birth of three uh, legislation as well.
1: Right. I mean, because to be honest, we're going to end up paying that money sooner oh, or later. Because no either no if question. kids are born, I mean, no, no one is broken, no one's irredeemable, but if we make mistakes in raising children in their earliest years, Absolutely. the cost to recoup that and to help them get back to where we should have had them in the first place Phenomenal. in public safety, public health, everything else yep. is astronomical. Just do it right the first time.
0: Well, you look at uh, brain development, which I talk about a lot, and that is um, by the time a child is five. 90% of brain development already has occurred. And by the time the child, a child has turned three, you've already got 80 to 85% of brain development having taken place. So why would we forego the opportunity to make sure these children have a wonderful uh, chance to be able to be as healthy and as well educated and as developmentally sound as they possibly can? It's really uh, incumbent upon us to make sure that we don't lose those opportunities because you don't recoup them. They, they don't come back after they're gone. You can try to ameliorate, you can try to remediate, you can try to put a band aid on things, but it's never as good as it could be if you do it right the first time, just to make your point.
1: Right. And it's complicated science, but there's got to be an ability to prove that.
0: There's no question about it. The dollar
1: spent in that K to three, I mean, birth to three, mm-hmm. is going to pay back 10 times the value in savings to the government. Well,
0: we, we, and we've shown it um, that, you know, there's probably, uh, for every dollar spent on pre kindergarten, we showed this. There's a $7 return in terms of um, the productivity of the child, in terms of the parents who can work because they don't have to stay at home to take care of uh, their children, that they can feel comfortable going to work knowing that their child is being well uh, cared for. You know, I was at uh, a school, it's been a few months now, even before we got the birth of three bill passed, Mm -hmm. and coming out of the school was a very young mother. She couldn't have been more than, I don't know, 21 or 22 years of age and she had two very small children. Uh, One was a three year old one was a four year old. And I just stopped her. I said, can I just say hello to you? And she she said, of course you can. And I said, I just wanna thank you. I wanna thank you for taking the time to make sure you're out here getting your children to school uh, today and coming and getting them at the end of the day. Just in terms of the bonding experience for a mother and her children, what a wonderful opportunity that was her getting those kids to school, making sure they got there, you know, getting back in the afternoon to pick them up, and then literally walking home with them. What a great experience that was for those that mom and those kids
1: absolutely i mean in your in your head, you might as a parent slip into thinking of it as a chore or have to buy groceries have to clean the house, but the God that little seemingly meaningless chore that you're doing is such a critically important thing.
0: It is, and it's not at all meaningless. No, Uh, not at all. I I appreciate you underscoring that, uh, Josh. It's not meaningless at all. It is such an important part of the growth and development process for our very uh, youngest children. And, you know, sometimes as parents you don't appreciate uh, what a contribution you just made to the growth and development uh, of your own child by seeing that they get to school uh, every day. And what a great... um, you know, uh, relief it is, I, I'll put it that way, for a mom and a dad who know that when they, they take their children to school, they're going to be in a safe educational, developmental place, and then they can go off to work and do what they want to do and have to do for the rest of the, the morning and afternoon.
1: Yeah, totally. Couldn't agree more. Couldn't agree more. Uh, well, to flip things a little bit, we're talking about a, a success, uh success in progress, Now, let's talk about something that maybe frustrated you a bit. I hesitate to call it a failure, (laughs) but, you know, a a struggle, a learning experience, something that didn't turn out the way you thought it would.
0: Well, one of the things that was frustrating for me that led me to come back uh, in the first place was uh, being able to um, build a new hospital to replace the United Medical Center, um, which is, of course, located uh, on the east end of the city. It is the only hospital on the east end of the city. As mayor, I had put in $336 million into the capital budget uh, to build a new hospital. And uh, soon after I left, that money was all you know, moved in uh, other directions. And the $336 million that was budgeted was down to really almost nothing uh, left. What was left was being used to um, make repairs on the existing United Medical Center, which is a facility that should be raised, should be gone. And so, one of the reasons I came back and one of the things I focused so much time on uh, in the face of that frustration uh, is trying to uh, recapture the momentum um, that um, has, uh, you know, was created around building a new hospital. People were looking forward to that. Uh, it was another way of saying to the people on the east end of the city that you are valuable. Uh, we're going to invest in your future, your health, to try to make sure you are healthy. Um, and Not just to try to fix a health problem but to try to keep you healthy uh, in the first place. So when I came back and found what was left um, of the budget uh, for that, it was very discouraging uh, for me. And I'm not a person who gives up easily on anything. Uh, right. And so I set out uh, to try to help to, um, to, to, to repair that. Um, I worked with the members uh, on the council, and I had some members who stepped up uh, who were uh, really quite supportive, who... Uh, came up with money for the uh, capital budget for the hospital. I had one member, uh, Mary Che, uh, who I worked closely with, is a longtime friend. Uh, she came down to my office one day and she said, you know what, I think I can help you with that hospital. I said, okay Mary, what do, what do, you, what do you have in mind? She said, I've got some money in my capital budget uh, that's not being used for anything right now, and uh, maybe I could help move it over to the health committee uh, for the uh, building of the new hospital. So I said, Okay, what do you have in mind? I thought maybe, well, a million or two, that'll get us started right. She said, well, I think I could probably move $100 million. I said, $100 million? I that's a lot of money, Mary. She right. said, no, it's the right thing to do, and I want to be a part uh, of that. So she helped uh, me to turn a frustration, a, uh, I won't call it a failure, but a, certainly a setback uh, into a positive and we've got, you know, working with other members, working with what was left uh, in the budget, we've now gotten it back up to $300 million. And I'm excited that we just announced a partnership uh, with George Washington University, which is going to come in and uh, take over w- with the new hospital, the plan, help us with the planning of it, and then they will actually operate uh, the hospital. We've got it on the grounds of St. Elizabeth's, which is a great site. Uh, the old hospital, the United Medical Center, will be torn down, um, and this will be a brand new uh, building, brand new facility, and a brand new approach to health care on the east end of the city. And I'll tell you what it will do too, Josh. It will allow us to really be able to have what I'll call an integrated healthcare care system, to not think of a clinic as just sitting uh, you know, by itself, sitting alone, but a clinic that's integrated in terms of its services with the care uh, of the people on the east end of the city. Uh, we have a number of clinics over there. We've built some new ones in recent years, and we've, um, you know, we're trying to encourage more doctors, uh, physicians to come and practice there. Uh, we've I've done some legislation that will be helpful with that, but the the beauty of it is, at the end of the day, we're going to have something that could have been a, a really a downer, you know, a really um, discouraging experience turned into a plus, and that is to be able to have health care Um, for everybody on the east end of the District of Columbia uh, who needs health care. I mean we have um, you know we have Obamacare as it's called uh, and we even had a lot of success in moving forward towards having people fully insured before um, Obamacare became uh, the law of the land Um, but it's one thing to say that you have health care insurance it's another thing to say that you have the services that are conveniently available to you to take full advantage of that insurance so that's what we're working on now to try to create that panoply of services uh, necessary to be able to, um, to say to people that you know you won't have to go all the way across town uh, to be able to be served that you're gonna have, excuse me, services essentially right in your own neighborhood, a clinic nearby, a new hospital, you're gonna have the kinds of things that everybody should be able to expect uh, in a city that has moved in the right direction the way we have in the District of Columbia. Yeah, I mean,
1: so much of what we do is backfilling what you would hope would be an expectation, Mm -hmm. you know, that there should be decent uh, child care and early child education. There should be a hospital near people's houses. Yeah, absolutely, without question. It's a shame we, you know, need to... Spend time on things like that. I wish we could spend more time on things that seem uh, extravagant and and (laughs) additional. But I wish we had that luxury. But now, but we we just—it's the
0: right thing to do. It's the basics. It is the basics, and it's the right thing to do to be able to say that we're taking care of our children's education and development, that we're taking care of our um, families in terms of their uh, health. Um, I want to see us focus more on keeping people healthy rather than getting making people well. you know, that's that's, a, that's not just a play on words, it's really a different focus. It's saying that we're going to assume that you're healthy from the start, which most people are, of course, mm-hmm. uh, as babies, and then they get sick. And a lot of times it's because we haven't made the investments in well care and prevention that they need. We can do better than that. I know we mm-hmm. can do better. A lot of people don't realize, Josh, how much we spend on health care uh, in the District of Columbia if you ask people what is the biggest budget in the district of columbia they'll typically tell you it must be the police department or it must be education it isn't either of those it is actually um, the money we spend on health care the biggest budget in the city is health care finance that's a budget that is over three billion dollars and when you start to add in the department of health the department of behavioral health when you start to add up up what we spend on uh, health in schools That's north of $4 billion. That's about uh, almost a third of the entire District of Columbia budget. So shouldn't we make the investments in a way that help us say, we've invested in in keeping you healthy in the first place, teaching you ways to prevent illness, teaching you ways to keep yourself uh, as fit as you possibly can be, and that's what we're spending our money on.
1: And one, one question you mentioned, uh, the worthy effort to try to increase pay for folks that work in uh, in daycares or mm-hmm. in child education. Is anyone looking at anything similar for elder care? Because I know that is an equally hard job and people we yeah. owe a lot to, but I don't hear them mentioned as often.
0: It isn't mentioned as often. It is something that we need to turn our attention um, to. Um, you know, folks are going to, you know, pe- people should be cognizant of the importance of investing in um, uh, elder care uh, as well. Um, I worked with somebody, uh, Carolyn Nicholas, who is a longtime friend around trying to create a piece of legislation around elder abuse, uh, which is too rampant, uh, far too rampant also in the District of Columbia, and we were able to get that bill uh, passed. but. Um, The people who do that work oftentimes are some of the poorest paid and they are some of the most disrespectful, in some instances, not all of course, but in some instances, some of the most disrespectful to uh, folks who are elderly and need the kind of care. I won't say like children, but you know, so many people from a developmental perspective recede uh, over time and um, they need care that may be almost uh, as intensive as what a child uh, needs, different kind of care. But people should be able to live a dignified life as they become older uh, as well. Right. And um, that's the kind of investment we need to make. I want to get this the, the health care done. I want to get the children done. And then we'll turn our attention to having universal uh, elder care also. Right.
1: Then we'll flip the spectrum. Yeah, absolutely. That's
0: right. Flip the script. (laughs) Exactly.
1: Now let's do a a quick speed round Mm because we're running a bit short on time. Mm -hmm. Um, Do you have either a very sad story of just a particular incident where someone gave you testimony that just broke your heart, uh, choked you up, and or do you have a funny story of life on the council?
0: But well, we've got, got sure. to
1: focus on brevity.
0: Yeah, I'm not, I'm not so sure about the funny story, but I can tell you what was heartbreaking when I came back was to find out the way the United Medical Center was being run. We had a contractor who had, been, who had gotten a sole source contract for over $4 million uh, to be able to run uh, the hospital, and the quality of care was really horrid. And what really disturbed me was when the contract came over for renewal, I thought we were going to have an easy time making the case um, that this shouldn't be renewed. It wasn't easy at all. It was very frustrating to go through what we had to go through. It was exhilarating, it was up, exhilarating. It was, ups- it was up, uh, exciting at the end of the day, uplifting, to be able to see that we got a vote of 7 to 6, razor-thin vote margin, uh, to be able to vote down that contract. What it did, Josh, it allowed us then to bring in a new contractor, which you know in these first few months that that new, per- new entity is there, they seem to be doing well. But it also allowed people to realize that we can do so much better than what we were doing. And this has given us the momentum to bring in, um, you know, George Washington University to take on the responsibility for, the, uh, for running the hospital in the future, working with us to get it built, working with us to plan it, working with us to then have them come in and actually run the uh, services um, that are there. Absolutely. Um, you, you um, don't know if
1: you got a funny story for me. Come on,
0: <laughs> come on. I don't know. Uh, I don't know. I, I Something don't have, funny uh, with the colleague yeah. or. Uh. Well, I don't know. Let me think about that for a second. Okay, uh, I know you, you don't have seconds. Uh, you know, no, no, no. Think, think about it. Yeah.
1: Um, one thing that actually we didn't get a chance to do with you first round was because we ran out of time. we mm-hmm. were having so much fun talking. I'm um, gonna throw this at you. This is our sort of closeout. Uh, letting people see a council member as a person instead of as a legislator. Okay. Um, I want you to rank these dessert categories Okay. um, from favorite to least favorite. All right. We have cake, candy, cookies, ice cream, and pie.
0: I'll put ice cream at the top of the list. I love ice cream. Good man, good man. I like cake. Okay. Uh, I love cookies. I love Oreo cookies. Love the Oreo cookies. I'm a big okay. Oreo cookie uh, eater.
1: Are you double stuff or are you a traditional? I
0: be double stuff. Oh, okay. you're missing an opportunity if you don't do double stuff.
1: Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Agreed. And then and how about your cookies and cream ice cream? Because there's your, your whole it's delicious
0: man. Absolutely yeah.
1: delicious. There you go. You're making me hungry. Yeah. So Let's see. We got ice cream. We got to be rigorous with yep. this. We got ice cream, cake, cookies. And then we'll go to candy. How's
0: that? Candy and then
1: pies yeah, I love and chocolate. Ice.
0: I love chocolate. Okay. Pie I'll put at the bottom of the list.
1: I don't gotcha. know how big pie eater. Ch- Chairman Mendelsohn, Yeah. first number one, rhubarb pie. Oh, really? And that was one of the least surprising things anyone ever told me. <laughs> 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 he just strikes me as a rhubarb pie kind of guy.
0: Well, I tell um, you, if, I, if you tell me what cake would I choose, it would be chocolate cake. Okay. I'm a big chocolate eater. I'm a big chocolate candy eater. Uh, for ice cream, I like vanilla ice cream with chocolate syrup. Yeah, uh,
1: I love that. Well, uh, you can't be, you know, former mayor of Chocolate City and yeah. disrespect chocolate. <laughs> right. You know, you are what you eat. So, That's right.
0: Uh, <laughs> absolutely, excellent. And uh, you know, you heard my choice on cookies and yeah. candy, man. I uh, I love uh, I love uh, the Reese's. They are absolutely fantastic. Peanut butter, yeah, peanut yeah. butter and chocolate. Fantastic That's a good combination, combination man. My, my
1: favorite experience asking this question, because there's a couple of you that I missed the first round, because mm-hmm. we got carried away, ran out of time. Mm-hmm. But my favorite answer was the council member, who I won't name, but frequent listeners will know, had three of them in his car. Really? <laughs> <laughs> that's dedication <laughs> to dessert. when yeah, that's, it, hunger. And any mo- that's, that's hunger. That's <laughs> hunger. It's something. <laughs>
0: that's something.
1: So anyway, and then our final, uh, final uh, sort of fun questions, um, which we're getting you caught up. This is what we're doing mm-hmm. with the second round of interviews is we want at least two of these from you mm-hmm. do an impression mm-hmm. tell a joke tell us about a strange thing you collect tell us about an oddball job you had tell us about a ludicrous thing you can't live without tell us about your weirdest family member or shower me with a fuse of <laughs> praise. <laughs> give me two of those real All fast right, in the I'll last do, couple minutes uh,
0: let's see uh how about an oddball job Okay. Um, I won't say it was so oddball, but it was a summer job I had uh, Uh once. I uh, worked in the union market. uh, Oh, okay. As as a kid, I lived only blocks from there. I lived about three blocks from there. Mm -hmm. And what I was responsible for was um, helping to deliver to um, uh, corner stores. I call them corner stores. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, candy and tobacco and whatnot. I wish I had done the tobacco part, but that was a part of what they sold. Right and uh one of, one of the fun elements of that was I was assigned at one point to do the put the cigarette stamps uh on the uh bottoms of cigarettes. Oh okay. And it was a machine that did it. I learned how to operate that machine, learned how to help put the cigarettes back in the carton in the first place and um, you know, just all that went with getting cigarettes and candy to be sold uh in corner stores. I would never do that again, uh, because of the uh the harm that's done by smoking cigarettes. Yeah. But it was kind of an oddball job. It's one I've never I've never had any job like that uh, since. Uh, I'm not sure how much they exist at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, um, my uh, I want I want to call it weird. I have an old had an older brother who's now passed on, mm-hmm. uh, who was a great guy. Uh, he was a genius. He was an aeronautical engineer uh, wow. by training, and um, I'm probably the last person to talk about this. But my brother was the absolute latest person uh, there ever was. He Um, he's actually sometimes he would show up to events a week after uh, the event was already over with. Wow, yeah, which which, uh, was not unusual for him. Uh, but he was a great guy, he helped you know, kind of helped to raise me uh, as I came along on 6th and L Northeast, and um. You know, I hate, to, I hate to refer to it as the uh, weirdest because he wasn't, but he mm-hmm. just was different. Let's put it that way.
1: Well, we have to make sure that Chairman Mendelson doesn't hear this episode because he's one of the later people in the world oh, in terms okay. of when meetings start. So we can't, the last
0: person should be talking. We can't tell him that you can start a
1: meeting a week late because yeah. nothing good <laughs> will come of that. All right. Well, sadly, the time has flown by. Um, we're out of time, but uh, I'd like to thank you, uh, uh, Council Member Gray, for joining us, for coming back for your uh, patience and indulgence um, in coming back again. Uh, And thank you, listeners, for joining us. Tune in again next time. We're at DC Radio at 96.3 on your HD4 dial or at dcradio.gov. I'm Josh Gibson. This is not a council hearing. This is Hearing the Council. Thank you.